Happy New Year. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, January 3rd. I'm Virginia Allen, and we hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas and a very happy new year. We're thrilled to be back with you all today to kick off the new year. Anytime that it's a new year, it's only natural that we take stock, we set goals, and make sure that our priorities are in order. And Dr. Ben Carson says this is something that we should not only do personally, but that our leadership in America should also be doing as we consider the future of our country. Dr. Carson joins us on the show today to offer perspective on the moment that America finds itself in today at the start of 2023. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. Looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues from America's outpost here in Washington? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. You'll get top conservative research, a rundown of important events happening here at Heritage that you can watch online, and hot takes from our experts. Sign up at heritage.org agenda or at the link in the show notes. Well, I think there's no better way to kick off the new year here at the Daily Signal podcast than by sitting down and talking with the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and renowned neurosurgeon, Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Dr. Carson, how do you begin your new year every year? Do you set any New Year's resolutions? Well, I don't necessarily do resolutions just on New Year's. I do resolutions all the time, constantly throughout the year. I'm saying, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> More of that. All right. yeah. But uh, I think it's a good time to really stop sometimes and mm. get overall perspective on the direction of your life and the direction of your environment mm. and whether or not you can make that environment better. Absolutely. Dr. Carson, news broke at the end of 2022 um, that Benjamin Carson High School of Science and Medicine in your hometown of Detroit, that they were going to remove your name from the title of the school. Now, we all face adversity in in our lives. We all face a lot of adversity, uh, but many of us not as publicly necessarily as you have. How have you personally kind of dealt with that of, of a school who once honored you now saying that they essentially want to cancel you? Well, you know, cancel culture is pervasive throughout our society now. And, uh, you know, it's a shame when a school places political ideology above the goal of educating and inspiring students. Uh, obviously, it's going to be to their detriment. So, you know, it doesn't particularly bother me other than the fact that it's setting a terrible example for the students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what happens to our society if we reach a point where anybody we disagree with, we try to cancel? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be productive. And that's why Jesus said it and Abraham Lincoln echoed it. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And that certainly seems to be the the direction of our country. And I I think it requires a lot of attention. It's not something we can just say, oh, that's a shame, that's too bad. Mm -hmm. We really need to deal with this because, you know, the United States is a very strong country and our our enemies have known that. In fact, the Marxists wrote about it extensively. 
The United States of America, they said, is too strong to bring down militarily. But we can bring them down internally by attacking their families and their faith. And uh, those are the things that are under great attack in our society as we spiral downward. We're going to have to be smart enough to figure out that we're being manipulated and to believing that we're each other's enemies just because we might think differently. You know, if two people believe the same about everything, one of them isn't necessary. So, you know, we got to get over this thing about, uh, you know, unification of all thought processes and all speech. Uh, that's what you see in totalitarian societies. Yeah. Does this situation at the high school remind you of, of a situation several years ago where the Southern Poverty Law Center branded you as an extremist? Yeah, it's a, the same kind of ideology. Um, if you don't, particularly if you're black, you know, for the left, a black conservative is the only thing that's worse than Satan. I mean, they just cannot, they just cannot deal with the fact that you can think for yourself and come up with some original thoughts that are actually beneficial, logical, and make sense. Um, but, uh, you know, the Southern Poverty Law Center got so much pushback that they quickly rescinded what they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the school board's getting a lot of pushback now. I know they are. But, yeah. you know, whatever they do, uh, they ought to put the education and inspiration of the children first. Yeah. Well, I was encouraged to see that among the students, they, they took a poll and the students wanted to keep the name the same, uh, which I think is, is encouraging to see that young people are recognizing what's really going on here. And uh, and the young people may be our salvation. It could be that the older people are too far gone. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, well, let's keep working on them, but they may yeah. be too far gone. Uh, Dr. Carson, as you do think about the future of the country, and specifically as we're headed into 2023, what do you think America needs most right now? Well, you know, there are several things that I think are are, are very important uh, that we need to focus on. And I hope the new Congress will focus on these Mm. things. All of us as a nation, first of all, the economy. The economy is in horrendous shape. And it's self-inflicted. It doesn't have to be in horrendous shape. Um, You know, what we've done is we've basically thrown away the keys to our energy independence. And we've given them to Vladimir Putin. And that's why he's acting in such an aggressive fashion uh, toward Ukraine. And if he can conquer that, that won't be the last conquest. we have to recognize that what we do has ramifications. So, you know, we've been blessed with tremendous uh, natural energy resources. We've learned how to extract them in a very clean way and to utilize them effectively. We use them to become energy independent. We were a net exporter of energy. We had the cleanest air and the cleanest water we've ever had since measurements were made. And we threw all of that away. Well, of course, that raised the prices and of everything, particularly things that have to be transported using energy. And uh, that's had a a dramatic negative impact upon the average American family. That was not necessary. Uh, We've also, you know, continued with uh, these giveaway programs, which have 
disincentivize people to work. And, uh, you know, the work ethic was one of the real keys to the success of this country. That's how we went from a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. We had a tremendous work ethic and we created an environment that encouraged entrepreneurship and innovation. Uh, we have sort of regulated those things to the point where it's easier for people to take their manufacturing offshore now. Mm. And that impacts us. We're vulnerable now, you know, in terms of antibiotics and other medications that are made in China and places where other people can control our destiny. And, you know, unless we understand these things and do something about them, uh, they're destined to come back and to hurt us badly. We know all these things, but are we going to do anything about them? You look at our southern border. There's another area that we should be concentrating on because who knows who's coming across that border? We know that there are people like the Iranians who want to destroy us. Why wouldn't they send their operatives through that southern border? Why wouldn't they be studying the 13 key installations uh, of our power grid into which all the others are hooked into and be ready to destroy them and knock us back a century and put us at incredible risk. You know, we know these things and yet we're just like, la, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. And then when it, you know, why didn't we do something? Just crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then you look at, uh, you know, the election system. We need election integrity. We need to really concentrate on that because, you know, half the people in the country don't believe in the system. And, you know, particularly the mail-in ballots, you know, France and a number of other countries, they abolished mail-in voting. France did it in 1975. They said there was just way too many ways to, con to cheat and you couldn't control them. And, uh, you know, if we can put a man on the moon, we can certainly come up with a mechanism that we have open, fair elections that are transparent, that are quick, that we have election day, not election season. It doesn't make any sense to have this early voting. And then, you know, two or three weeks before the vote, something happens that would change people's votes. I mean, just crazy stuff that's going on all the time. And then, you know, uh, education, hmm. you know, process of dumbing down our population. You see some of those man on the street interviews sometimes and they ask them simple questions about our history or about our civics or like what what countries border the United States and they'll say uh, Florida and Cuba. I mean it's incredible stuff. And you know John Adams said that our system was designed for a well-informed and educated populace. Mm. And if our people are not well-educated and informed, they become very easy to manipulate. Yeah. And those who want to fundamentally change our society are certainly into manipulating people. Mm. And, uh, you know, when we look at some of our inner cities, the schools in our inner cities that are graduating people who are functionally illiterate and dumbing down our population, which makes them very easy to control and to manipulate. 
And we've got to change that. You know, when Alexis de Tocqueville came to America to study in, in, in 1831, because the Europeans were just fascinated, how could this fledgling nation, barely 50 years old, be competing with them on every level? One of the things he noted was the emphasis we had on education. Hmm. And uh, the fact that he could find a mountain man and the guy knew how to read. And the guy could tell him about the Declaration of Independence. Uh, that's that was pretty amazing, and not something that you saw in many parts of the world. Yeah. And you know, if you look at a, a high school exit exam, or even a sixth or eighth grade exit exam from the turn of the century, eighteen to nineteen hundred, uh, you'd be amazed at what kids were expected to know mm. compared to to what they know today. So you know, these are things that I think we really need to be paying uh, attention to. Uh, and then something that really has emerged recently, the collusion between big tech mm -hmm. and the FBI. I mean, this really, you, you want to talk about something that threatens our democracy and threatens our system. You know, when government begins to collude with the, the business section in order to be able to carry out things that it can't constitutionally carry out itself, mm -hmm. You're talking about fascism, mm. and you're talking about you know the destruction of the freedoms of the people of this country, and this is very serious. And yeah. We can't uh, wink an eye and say, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So who won the game? You know, I mean, mm. we've got to get serious about this. Yeah, Dr. Carson, I, I want to loop back to some of what you mentioned about education and the state of education in America, because you have recently addressed this in a new book that you wrote called Crisis in the Classroom. You're a doctor. If you were to diagnose what is really the core issue within our education system today, what would it be? I would, I would say it would be loss of vision. Hmm a vision of what education is there for. Education is there to teach you uh, how to function successfully in a complex society. And when you lose sight of that, then you start saying, oh, we got to concentrate on what kind of pronoun you use and whether you're really a girl or a boy. And are you a victim? And has somebody created a bad situation for me? Are you one of those bad people who created the bad situation? For me? I mean, come on. Uh, you, can, you can get carried away with all that kind of stuff. Or you can make sure that people can read the directions when they buy a new product and understand what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and when it comes to the role of Congress in all of this, you've you've mentioned so many areas where in America we're struggling, where we need to pick up really the slack. And Congress plays a role in that. Now, we know that Republicans starting today have control of the House. Uh, and of course, Democrats have control of the Senate. Uh, but in the House, Republicans have now the Oversight Committee. What do you think the role is of the Oversight Committee of Republicans to be holding the Biden administration accountable for some of the things that you've mentioned that we've seen over the past two years? Well, you know, they have to think about why they exist. Mm. They exist to make sure that our country is secure, that the people are safe. Uh, 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, the things that threaten those things are things that they ought to be looking into uh, seriously. I mean, just as an example, is the president compromised by China because of some of the things that Hunter Biden and others were involved in? That's a serious question. That's not something that you just brush under the rug, because if the answer is yes, it puts us in great jeopardy. And uh, if the answer is no, it's good to know that, too, uh, so you can move on. But, uh, you know, you can't, we, it can't be another one of these show trials, you know, sort of like January 6th. It really needs to be something uh, that has serious consequences uh, if, in fact, collusion is found. And certainly from what I've seen and what I've heard, it sounds like there's, there's real fire where the smoke is. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Carson, after you left the the Trump administration, you started the American Cornerstone Institute. And I know that you all are addressing many of the concerns that you have raised today. Share a little bit about the work that you're doing and what you all plan to do in this coming year in order to keep addressing these issues our nation is facing. Yeah, well, you know, I kind of thought after the 2020 election, I could finally retire because I had failed retirement the first time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, looking at the direction of the country, I realized pretty quickly that I wouldn't enjoy myself on the golf course or cruising around the world, sipping pina coladas that wouldn't be very helpful to me. Uh, so myself and some of the really outstanding uh, talent that we had at HUD got together to form a think tank slash do tank called American Cornerstone, which looked at the, those key cornerstone principles that allowed us to go from nowhere to the pinnacle of the world in record time. That was not a coincidence. It was because of those pillars like our faith, our mm -hmm. Judeo-Christian values, which taught us how to relate to each other, to love your neighbor, not to hate your neighbor, not to cancel your neighbor, not to destroy your neighbor if they have a different yard sign than you do. You know, those things are very, very destructive. And then liberty, the thing that people came to this country for from all over the world, this was the beacon of freedom. You could do things without the heavy foot of the government on your neck with all kind of mandates. And uh, we need to make sure that we preserve that. And we need to recognize when our liberties are being threatened. You know, some people say, for instance, freedom of speech is not being threatened in this country because the government doesn't keep you from saying things. Well, if big tech and the media can cancel you with the compliance of the government, it's the same as if the government was doing it. We can't be sleep at the will. We need to be recognizing what's going on. And also, you know, people say that this is a horrible country that you live in. It's a systemically racist place. Uh, it's unfair to certain people. It's caused all the problems in the world for everybody else. I mean, if it was that bad a place, why would all these people be trying to get in here? And when they got in here, 
why wouldn't I just call all their friends and relatives and say, don't come here, this is a horrible place. No, just the opposite is going on. That tells you where the truth lies. And then the cornerstone of community, the ability to work together. Uh, you know, that's what helped us to grow and to coalesce. You know, we had little communities all over the country, 20 families, 50 families, 100 families, 100 miles away from anybody else. Not only did they survive, but they thrived because they knew how to take their various gifts and talents and work together for the good of everyone. Mm. It was harvest time and Mr. Johnson broke his leg. Everybody else harvested his crops, no questions asked. That was a very important part of who we were as a nation. And then the pillar of life, mm. from womb to the tomb, as we've lost our respect for life, we've become more coarse in our relationships with each other. Mm. So all of our programs concentrate on those pillars. And then we added a pediatric component uh, called Little Patriots, mm. uh, recognizing, as the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, will not depart from it. You got to get in there early and lay the foundational seeds. You know, it was uh, Vladimir Lenin, uh, one of the fathers of Marxism, who said, give me your children to teach for four years and the seed that I sow will never be uprooted. Mm. Well, they realized that. We got to realize it too. And so our Little Patriots program teaches those four cornerstone principles uh, through various types of lessons. Uh, we have a cartoon series called Star Spangled Adventure. We hired some of the best talent from Disney and other places who were non-woke uh, to create these beautiful cartoons that illustrate the lessons and workbooks that go with them, the exercises that can be downloaded uh, so that you learn the good, the bad, and the ugly about who we are, what our principles are, what our history is. And if you look at our history uh, objectively, you'll see there's a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. Yeah. And our, our children come out and they're proud. And uh, littlepatriotslearning.com, you can go and look at it. You know, the first question you'll ask is, how much does this cost? It costs absolutely nothing. It's free of charge. Wow. Not that it isn't very expensive to produce, but we've gotten patriotic Americans to underwrite the program so that we can make it free because it's the inoculation to indoctrination. And then we have all kinds of other programs like our Executive Branch for America, uh, also free of charge, uh, which teaches people the fundamentals of how the Executive Branch of government works, how the President's office is involved in policymaking and grants, uh, how the various departments work. We have interviews with uh, people who've headed up things like the Office of Management and Budget, uh, public liaison, various cabinet positions, all interviewed, uh, and you can get their perspective. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the interviewer. And uh, it's really, again, a free tool to get people uh, up to speed with how our government actually works. It's particularly aimed at uh, college students uh, congressional staffers and professionals who decided they might want to go into public service. And 
they this way they can hit the ground running. They actually know how things work and how to get things done. Yeah, those are excellent resources. For anyone listening or, or watching who wants to check those out, if you just visit AmericanCornerstone.org and then you can click on the Programs tab, there's a great drop-down that'll take you to all of those pages. So many good resources. Dr. Carson, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate your willingness to join us here at the beginning of the year and get us all thinking about what our key priorities need to be personally and for the nation as we head into 2023. Thank you. It's, it's been my pleasure. And I, if we can all just concentrate on the fact that we, the American people, are not each other's enemies and let's not let ourselves be manipulated, the rest of the problems we can solve. Mm. Dr. Carson, thank you and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you all so much for kicking off your new year with Dr. Carson and I here on the Daily Signal podcast. If you haven't had the chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in your podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by taking just a moment to leave a five-star rating and review. We love hearing your feedback. All right. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day and be back with you all at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Samantha Asheris, and Jillian Richards. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.